For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Welcome, Bucks fans, to a new episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. And unfortunately, it's probably not a hype exciting episode but knowing Kaylee and I we are going to get down to the brass tacks of what just took place as we are on the post game podcast of Jolly Rogers and touchdowns the Bucks just fell short to the Chiefs 41 to 31 in order to keep up with all things Bucks Insight Entertainment make sure that you stay tuned with us at Jolly Rogers TDS for all the coverage that you need new episodes flying in every Monday Wednesday and Friday and that's going to lead us right into this unfortunate breakdown that Kaylee and I have to bring you it's late guys it was a long day and the game did not really make it all that much more bearable. There was so much conversation <laughs> into which direction this was going to go in. And the margin for this loss or win for the Bucks was not as extensive as a 10-point loss. Kaylee, how did you drag through this game? Watching this offense and this defense really just try to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, Casey, it, it, it was a long game. It felt long. Um What's weird though is I just looked at you know I have like all the stats and everything pulled up. And I know we're going to get into some things here in a minute, but I mean I guess why not jump right into it? So the Bucks lose 41-31, Casey. And mm-hmm. really when you look at this game and what transpired they didn't come out of the gates the way that they needed to, especially oh. on offense. Um you know, I, I think different people have different points and, and frustrations. And I think those points and frustrations are fair. And I think that there, we saw less out of the defense in this game than we have seen in pre in, in, in prior games. We're going to get to the defense in a little bit, but Casey mm-hmm. kind of honing in on this offense. It's not that the offense wasn't able to get anything done at all. You know, right. This offense, they scored 31 points. That's yeah yeah that's that's the most points they've put up so far you know Mm -hmm. the the amount of times they were able to get to the end zone the most touchdowns they've had in a game so far but really what I think is something that really when you look at how this transpired that really truly did them in and again we're honing in specifically on the offense Casey in the very first quarter Kansas City goes out there and they put up 14. Tampa Bay gets three. Mm-hmm. And they just dug themselves a hole that was too far to come back from. And we've seen this team and we've seen Tom Brady dig themselves out of holes before. And they tried. They tried to do it again. Mm-hmm. And it just came up short. Maybe if they had another 10 minutes to play, maybe. But – that's not how the game of football works. And yeah. um, there were some things that I want to get into on the positive side of the offense, but kind of sticking to some of the things that I would like to continue to be improved upon. That's that fast start. You need to yeah. get out there and punch a team like Kansas City in the face immediately. Yeah. And that did not happen. It took them a minute to find their groove. And frankly, it's been a story of the season. It has taken this team to too much time Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. to find their groove, to get into a groove. You're at week four. You have to know how to perform. You have to know what is going on. And it was good to see Mike Evans out there. It was good to see more targets out there. Um, But overall, you can't, I, I think eventually we, we, we really harped on the creativity. I think eventually Casey, they did get more creative. We're going to talk extensively about your tight ends and the way that they got involved in this team, because that was fantastic. And it's what we've been preaching, frankly, since the preseason. Yeah. But Casey, when you look at this offense, I, like I'm saying, it's the fast start. Where did things go wrong for you? From the beginning, it was the it was the kickoff and Rashad White fumbling it and putting a dangerous Chiefs team in perfect field position. You don't want to create those kind of margins for a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Um, I was talking with our producer before we got on the show. When you pay attention to this Chiefs offense and and you know how sharp Andy Reid is, he can really use Patrick Mahomes as a weapon against you. So the they got off to a bad start to begin with. I think that that kind of mentally shook everybody. You can tell that they were trying to give confident mental reps to Rashad White throughout the game, which ended up helping because Rashad White find, found the end zone for his first NFL touchdown. But it started with that fumble in the beginning. It started with back-to-back issues on the offense. And while slow start, fast start is typically the go-to conversation there, for me it's a little bit different. I don't think that it was a slow start. I think that it was a misconstrued and under-strategized opening execution. Because when you look at the fact that they came out there and tried to do the same things that they have always done, that they know that a team is going to game plan for because they've seen it on film over and over and over again, it going to Leonard Fournette time after time after time after time. Leonard Fournette is amazing. Touchdown Lenny, SNF Lenny, whatever you want to call him, he's brilliant. He's great. We love to see a great Leonard Fournette game. That does not mean that you become a predictable play caller and keep passing the ball off to him as if a defense is not going to be prepared to shut it down. I think that they said that it was a negative three for, for, for rushing yards in this game, which is just a travesty. Are you kidding me? We talked last week about the fact of where is Keyshawn Vaughn? Where is this ability to split things up a little bit? So within this creativity, you also have to start putting accountability on the shoulders of other players to get you across the 50-yard line for crying out loud. So it was a bad start. While it was a slow start, it was a very uncreative start, as you and I talked about. It was bad strategy. You came out the gate using the same old thing, thinking that it was going to work against a team that's a team stronger than the first three teams you've gone up against. Yeah. How do you guys ranked in the top five and a lot of a lot of people's rankings? Of all the games that you should have had a better approach to, this was not it. And, you know, I understand that there was a lot of question marks about who was going to make it through the limited participation throughout the week and actually be ready to go for the game. But I think we all actually genuinely knew that Chris Godwin was going to push through. You know, when he starts hitting limited participation in practice, Godwin isn't the kind of guy that has to be doing full practice three days a week. He's well and within the system. He's got the chemistry with Tom Brady. He's a crucial asset to this team. When you see him lining up for limited participation, you can bank on the fact that he's probably going to go. Same thing with Julio Jones. That conversation, the only time that these guys took off is when they had a rest day. And Todd Bowles said two weeks ago that every player is going to get rotated in for a rest day because it's within their best interest. So you knew what guys were going to go. Why did they not come out the gate knowing the Chiefs don't have the strongest secondary 
and try to spread the ball across the field immediately. They come out and attempt to run, 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 run. That's where just I'm frustrated, not even as a spectator, but even as a supporter of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because that was just stupid. I don't have another word for it other than stupid. It, it, you hit the nail on the head, Casey. You said it was unstrategic. Mm-hmm. That is unstrategic, plain and simple. And we talked about, we wanted to see them implement the run game more. Mm-hmm. But we specifically said you have to get creative with it. You can't just keep sending Lenny into piles and piles of people. And at a certain point, A, you're going to damage him. Mm-hmm. B, it's not getting you anywhere. It's not doing any good. It's not moving the ball. Even Yeah, I, our producers are equally frustrated and, and is chiming in. Even the passes to Lenny at the beginning – they're all just dump offs. And it just seems like so this is an opportunity at the very beginning of the game to, to, to move the ball down the field, to really get creative, to go for some long throws, to do something. And that didn't happen, Casey. Yeah. And I'm looking again, I'm looking at, at the possessions in the first half and it's of the possessions that Tampa Bay had. They scored on three of the possessions. Three of them were uh, either a punt or a fumble. They had two fumbles in the first half. And you compare that again to, to Kansas City. They had one, two, three, four, five possessions in the first half. Like, And they scored on four of those. And yeah. you just, again, you just can't dig yourself into a hole like that. You have to be competitive. And especially when you're facing a high power offense, you have to meet that team yep. with strategy. You have to be strategic. And the That's offensive true, yeah. plan, especially to start, was not strategic at all in mm-hmm. thinking about who their opponent is and yeah. how to actually game plan against that opponent. Mm-hmm. And what speaks volumes is that you come out, you try to do the same song and dance as you've been doing before. You you play into the predictability of what a team is planned for against you. And then when you finally, when it when it snaps, because something else to take into consideration that I hope Bucks fans notice, we're all so excited to see Mike Evans 13 back up on the field. Yeah. Count, if you ever go back and rewatch this game, you probably don't want to, watch how long it took, bless you, to see... Mike Evans finally, finally get a pass, finally get a get a reception. It was just, it was so dragged out before they started involving anybody else. And he's one of your main guys. So even if you wanted to do the same old run game situation, why is it that by the fourth or fifth snap that it's not going to Mike Evans? It took forever to get him involved. Especially when he was the only person who eventually brought you success tonight. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of the only people who brought you success tonight. Yeah. So it, it took way too long to get the yeah. wide receivers involved at all. It took way too long specifically to get Mike Evans involved. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it, I think what feels so frustrating is that you know the capability of this team. You know the mm-hmm. talent. Everyone knows the talent of this team. This is one and- of the most appealing rosters in the league. Yes. And they're shooting themselves in the foot. And, and, and that's what is so difficult to watch because we've seen it from them. 
we eventually saw uh, in this game. Yeah. But they have not had a game where they've played a full 60 minutes. Absolutely not. And this, and it, and it, and it shot them this time. They haven't won a home game, Casey. Yeah. And this was like, I mean, just taking a step back. I mean, the, what, what this Tampa Bay organization, what this community did for the victims and the people who have been impacted by hurricane Ian was incredible. Mm -hmm. What Tom Brady uh, you know, what the, what the buck owners did incredible, the support that they have given. This was really, truly a way that I thought that they were going to come out and really bring the community together and really show Tampa strong, right? Florida strong. I thought that that was what was going to happen. And so in the midst of that as well, I think it's, it's difficult to, to see, that they didn't have the strong start. I really, really expected them to come out there and, yeah. and, and punch the chiefs in the face. And they didn't at all. Yeah. Um, Casey, uh, a few more points on what else maybe frustrated you. And then I think ooh, to switch gears to the things that were hopeful about tonight, because there, we did see glimmers of hope. Just took a little bit of time. Yeah, absolutely. I think something that should strongly be pointed out is the fact that the Chiefs are a solid team and they only beat the Bucks by 10 points. And we're talking about a Buccaneers team that's barely broke 20 points in the last two games. So, or the last three games, if you will, because they had 12 points against the Packers. So to, to know that they can find the end zone, positive. Um, it just, it's making that adjustment and it's doing it earlier rather than later. That's kind of what the big, that's going to be the big conversation now when that adjustment needs to be made and figuring out how to just have a quality adjustment from the beginning of the game at this point, after the Packers game and after tonight's loss, there has to be a conversation between bulls, maybe even bringing consultant Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and talk about how you properly open up a game and assess the defense that you're going against. You know, people who aren't even that divulged into football kind of had a gauge on the fact that the Chiefs didn't have this outstanding secondary that should have created really big mismatch issues in the backfield for guys like Mike Evans and Julio Jones. Why did we barely see Julio Jones tonight? I understand that he probably pushed his progress to be a part of this team, but you're not helping anybody if you're not healthy enough to be out there for a couple quality reps. You know, I think Julio Jones had two catches, maybe one catch and one miss, and that didn't help this team at all. He shouldn't have even been suited up if that's the case. So it's just making better decisions. It's better decision-making. There was also something a little alarming to me, a few miscommunications out there that I don't think should be happening in week four, and I get it. If we look at this from top to bottom, realistically, your full starting lineup of this Tampa Bay Buccaneer team has not had much time together. Training camp had its situations, and unfortunately I might agree with the fact that that could be playing a role in this at, at, at some point because where I'm where I'm disturbed, I'm not even annoyed, irritated, or upset. I'm just disturbed at that one pass to Cameron Bray, and Cameron Bray, as he's lifting up his head, runs in to Chris Godwin. I'm dying to find out whose fault that was. Who was the misread to? How did Cameron Bray end up at the chest of his own teammate and then gets concussed from that play or goes into concussion protocol, if you will, and can't even contribute to this team anymore. And he's been a helping factor. 
Yeah. He's drawn in a penalty in the past three games, which has been beneficial to this team by a minor, minor margin. But still, Cameron Bray, all reliable, as I like to call him, whether you love him or you hate him, he's been a part of this team and he's been a workhorse, whether you like it or not. And to see that happen, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So somebody ran the wrong route. Somebody didn't lift their head up on time. I understand that the Chiefs defense kind of cornered Godwin in there, so he couldn't continue to move along forward. But there was something that didn't work out there. And that wasn't the only miscommunication of the night. It's just the biggest one that resulted in you losing a player that could have helped this team. I don't know, minimize the margin. So that was probably one of the last few things that I saw that was just like, okay, enough is enough. I appreciate that they ended up making those adjustments and they finally realized we need to pass the ball. Those short underneath throws, sometimes you need to do them to get past the 50-yard line, but you have to be on top of it. You can't just sit there and drag your heels when a team is keeping you on the brinks of not being able to win this game. Yeah. you No, you can't. And, and you hit the nail on the head. At this point, something like that, something like, miscues and and miscommunications and and misrunning routes so much so that someone gets injured it's not acceptable it's not acceptable at this point in the season um (laughs) yeah casey switching gears a little bit into the positive because we did end up seeing some adjustments yes we did see this team finally get to the end zone more than once in this game we saw them put up the most amount of points that they've had this season so far. And I think that there are some things to take away from that that are positive. I'm I'm hoping that this game will be a confidence boost. We said when we did our preview pod that this was going to be the offensive breakout. And it still was. It was. It was just a little too little too late. Um, But it was the offensive breakout. And so looking at some of the things that they did well – They spread the ball around. So you had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Rashad White, Cameron Brake, Kate Otten, Russell Gage, Co-Keep, Julio Jones, and Cole Beasley all involved tonight. That's helpful. That is helpful in spreading the ball around. Now, Co-Keep, Julio Jones, and Cole Beasley only had one reception each, but still you're spreading the ball around, and that is going to help – someone like Mike Evans get those big passes, get those big plays because you don't know whether it's going to be Mike Evans or whether it's going to be Coquifed or whether it's going to be Leonard Fournette. Mm -hmm. And that creativity, that dynamic offense is going to end up playing into the Bucks favor. And so that's something that I w- I'm, I'm very happy they did. It was a critique that I had previously. And yeah. I'm really glad that they got more guys involved. And I think that it's something that they can continue to expand upon. And I would like to see them expand upon it. Um, I think that obviously there are people within this wide receiving core that are so talented that you have to, to go to them often. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't get creative with how you go to them or running, you know, doing a fake or, you know what I mean? That, that doesn't mean you still can't get creative. Obviously, Mike Evans is going to get out there and make plays. He did that tonight. We saw it. He got into the end zone twice for this team. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and he had eight receptions for 103 yards. So that was really fantastic to see out of Mike. I know that he was happy to be back on the field after serving that one game suspension last week. And he by far had the most yards of anyone else that that caught a pass for the Bucks uh, in today's game. He's talented. Use mm-hmm. him. He's going to be able to make plays. He's going to, you get him one on one, he's going to make the play. He's going to make the catch. He's good enough to do that. But you can't get him one on one every single time. He's right. good enough that he's also going to get double teamed. And in those situations, you need other options. And I was happy that they took other options tonight. I think that it served them well. I think it's what the, finally got them moving the ball down the field and into the end zone. Yeah. I would say I was probably most happy about the fact that regardless of what my opinion's been on on Chris Godwin's involvement, um, to see Chris Godwin contribute the way that he did tonight, I think was a massive highlight, especially after the one little scare when he went down and you can tell that he was very uncomfortable. But when you saw the play replay, if you will, um, it just kind of looked like he overstretched in the groin area and it was an uncomfortable slip up for him, but he came right back on the field and contributed. And that's, that's a big sign. Um, that means that his health is trending in the right direction. We know there was a hamstring had nothing to do with the knee that had him out the past few weeks since week one. So depending on what the rehabilitation is after tonight's game, first thing tomorrow morning, Hopefully this is an addition that you'll have back. But as for, you know, I love seeing them spread the ball amongst the masses for sure, but I don't want them to do it versus unhealthy guys anymore. They've got to just, they've got to have a solid backup plan. Um, And I I don't know if it's being realistic or I'm not, I'm honestly not quite sure what it is, but you have to just have a more realistic backup plan. I understand Cole Beasley's coming up to speed. He shouldn't be dropping as many balls as Scotty Miller. We saw that Scotty, it was a, healthy scratch that's probably something we're going to see continued motion forward which is fine but Beasley's got to keep his feet underneath him if he's going to be a you know an asset to a guy like Tom Brady when he catches these passes I will say one of the things that I like the most and I, I love that you mentioned how many people he had an opportunity to spread the ball the ball amongst was the tight end interaction Kadon yeah. turning from his personal situation and getting a couple receptions there and showing that he can be you know a top tier tight end on this team um, that was great to see. That's something that they need to utilize more of. And they really only relied on him when Cam Bright came out, but I think they could do some damage if they line up Bright and Auden and see what they 100%. can do there. Um, everybody knows that I'm huge. And I so was going to say, you I have to give us your thoughts on Koki. Oh, yeah. One reception, but 19 yards, Casey. And yeah. a crucial 19 yards. That was a crucial play for this team. Oh yeah. He showed up and said, call my, call my number more. That's literally what that play meant to me. It said, Hey, dial four one and, and just hit me up a couple more times. And I think that they can utilize him. I've said it since training camp after I saw his blocking, after I saw his maturity, after I saw his determination, after everybody realized Coquif can do more than just block, you could throw him at halfback, fullback and get creative. Why is that not something that's being, you know, paste in more in your red zone, a red zone where you guys are having a lot of struggles and you've got to find the end zone. They might have a small little break here when it comes down to the Falcons and a few other teams. But once you start taking on the Ravens and the LA Rams, you're not going to have any margin for these mistakes. And Patrick Mahomes reminded you of that tonight. So I like the fact that they got more people involved. I think they just need to have a better approach as to how much, how soon. Um, And if you're not healthy, just, just it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Julio Jones dressing out tonight did nothing for me. Um, as a as a as a media cover of the, a 
media coverage of this team as, as a fan, as a spectator, nothing. It was just a, another way to suit it up, and that could have gone somewhere else, whether people believe in any other receiver below um, Chris Godwin and Russell Gage. Even Russell Gage just kind of seems out of it, and he's been limited participation since training camp. He hasn't been healthy. So all that to say that there's good in the offense, there's bad in the offense. There's a lot of conversations, tough conversations this offense needs to have, but the highlight being they put up 31 points, the most points so far this season, and it's only week four, but the offense wasn't the dumpster fire here tonight. Casey. It was the defense. Yeah. A defense that you and I, Kaylee, have gone to bat for here calling them the best defense in the NFC. That didn't that did not that did not translate by any degree tonight. By any no. degree. I just have one phrase. There were sparks. There were sparks. I mean, there were there was the late interception. Like, let's let's do the opposite with, with defense because there were less good things than right. you know what I mean? Than the, the interception. Great. You know, um and Devin White. I think he had a pretty good great game. Yeah. You know, um, looking at looking at Devin White, what he was able to do. Uh, they got three sacks. That yep. that was Mike Edwards, Carl Nassib, and let's see, Nelson. Nelson all Nelson. got sacks. Um, and Casey, it might end there. <laughs> That's the good news might end there. Yeah, that's where it ends for me because, for one, Shaq Barrett had made some comments throughout the week that made it sound like this was going to be the defense's coming out party and this whole, you know, big rave, which that's fine. I, I, I love and appreciate his confidence. We've talked about him quite a bit on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. He is the kind of guy who's mentioned straight up. He likes these running quarterbacks. He likes the challenge, but he was not a challenge that he was able to fully rise to. Now, that wasn't for a lack of ability or athleticism on his part. He was really going toe-to-toe every single time, but there was such a tough competition on the outside there, and it's really hard to not only go after a quarterback that can mobilize and use his feet, but the way that Patrick Mahomes releases the ball, even the way that just looking at how he throws the ball. That oh, how many different ways he can throw the ball. Yeah, on the run, falling, throwing the ball, and getting it into it, 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 yeah. it into where he wants. Like it's insane. But th- that's what I was worried about coming into this, Casey. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was worried about. I remember again in the preview pod talking about this defense is going to have a tough time, and they've had tough times in the past, wrapping up guys, wrapping up the quarterback, tackling, and they struggled with it again this week. They struggled with it again. You mm-hmm. look at the numbers. And the way that they were able to tackle last week versus this week, and it's night and day, night and day different. The most disturbing part about it was seeing small running backs like McKinnon and 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 Pacheco taking five bucks defensive players with him in order to finally get him down on the green. That is that was what astonished me the most. Yep. You're talking about size and frame and strength comparison, and this guy is just dragging multiple bucks jerseys through the masses, and that was tough. Um, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. <laughs> You're supposed to be one of the best run stop defenses in the league and didn't look anywhere close to that tonight. They were able to run the ball on this Bucks defense way more than almost any other team. I mean, just to kind of put it into perspective, it was Edwards Hilaire that had 19 carries for 92 yards, 92 yards. That's just one guy that doesn't talk about Pacheco, who was another guy taking down so many Bucks jerseys with him. 11 carries for 63 yards. Patrick Mahomes himself, 34 rushing yards. 
that total right there, they've barely, barely come close to letting that up in the first three games. And we're and they just face a Packers team that has two very dynamic running backs in Aaron uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, and that that embarrassment didn't even happen. The well, only this was part- new coming into this game that this was a team that likes to run that they that they were going to try to run the ball on you. Well, we didn't. Well, not a hundred percent because when we talked in the post in the in the game preview, we said that this we weren't expecting much of a run game out of the Chiefs. We thought that they were gonna, you know, try to spread the ball because why try to run against a the one of the best run stop defenses and yeah. they came out hot with Travis Kelsey. Now that is something that I kind of thought was going to happen. Travis Kelsey had a waywardly, you know, low reception game, five receptions versus a Colts team that you know. We didn't at the time think had a better defense than this Bucks team. All that to say, they come out and Travis Kelsey was just drilling it to them. So they didn't even have to pivot to the run game. They didn't. They did it to keep the creativity, to keep the Bucks guessing, because every time the Bucks thought that they could figure something out, they either ran the ball, went to Travis Kelsey, went to Gray. Who the heck is Gray? Scantling. What? <laughs> It's just that you start popping these guys' names out of hats and stuff, and all, and they're making plays on this Bucks defense that we're raving about uh, seventy-two hours ago. Yeah, it, 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 it's ridiculous, and 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 you're right. We did talk about that. It was questionable because previously they hadn't had a very good run game. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, I think, last week had the most rushing yards For from the, the whole team. So. It's surprising they had almost 200 yards in this game, but but it's surprising that the 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 Bucks defense let them do that. Like they couldn't they couldn't cover the gaps. They couldn't wrap guys up. They couldn't bring players down. And and it just it the spark that we have seen, the light that we have seen, None the way the defense has put the team on their back. Mm-hmm. It wasn't there tonight. It wasn't there. The Chiefs had over 400 total yards. They were 12 of 17 on third downs. Mm-mm. So in terms of third downs, this Bucks defense, almost irrelevant. Almost yeah. irrelevant. Non-existent. They started pulling ghost moves in October really early because – and this is – and James and I talked about this previously for a second – is – you know, Andy Reid, brilliant guy, and he's he takes risk. He's one of the top coaches to try to make a move on fourth down, and he's really confident in his quarterback to do that. And Patrick Mahomes, like you said, whether he's falling, running, whatever the case may be, he's going to release that ball, and, and, and I'll go with eight times out of ten. It's going to be caught on the other side between Travis Kelsey. I think everyone kind of got caught up in the narrative of Tyreek Hill not being a part of it, but they still showed speed on that offense tonight. Yep. They showed a lot of grit in the run game because – look what they did and then Travis Kelsey being one of the top targets you should always be game planning for had himself a game so a lot of it was the fact that on fourth down they decided to go for it and they made it count there was probably two times that it didn't pan out in their favor one because of the drop and I don't even recall what the other one was Travis Kelsey comes up with nine receptions for 92 yards after a five reception under 70 yard performance last week yeah and and Casey when I think about how this happened because really that's what it comes down to it it really was the offense put themselves in a position again terrible start but they put themselves in position enough to be able to win this game yeah it was really the defense the defense did not put the offense in a position to be able to win this game 
You should 100%. be able to score 31 points and win a football game. You 100%. should be able to do that. And so I think that I lay the brunt of this game at the defense. And then whenever you think about it, kind of going up from there, we have sung the praises of Todd Bowles. But mm-hmm. you're going into this game and you know that you are facing an offensive powerhouse and an offensive strategic, maybe one of the best offensive minds in the game mm-hmm. in Andy Reid, who has Patrick Mahomes, who can do these insane things as a quarterback. And so I just like, did they not game plan well enough for how good this offense can be or for how good and creative and strategic Andy Reid is. Right. Either way, there is some strategy, again, involved here that I think part of that does go – part of it is execution, wrap mm-hmm. up your guys, bring them down. Part of it is strategy, and that goes to the coaches. Yeah, and I can, I can agree with that. I will say a lot of it, for some reason – what I was seeing is just, I'm not sure what was going on with the players as an individual. If you look at the individual reports and performance of these guys, Carlton Davis supposed to be one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He was getting burnt on the outside over and over again, ends up questionable and out because of a stinger that he collected. Um, Mike Edwards was still probably one of the better guys in the secondary tonight. Jamil Dean, same, although he drew like, I think one or two stupid penalties, if you will, uh, Winfield all over the place, but not anything, you know, in, anything splashy or explosive, but enough to contribute to the team. Devin White, as you and I both said, probably the highest contributor there. One guy that just really kind of stunned me with his silence tonight was Joe Tryon Shayanka. I mean, I have been waiting for this kid to have a heck of a performance. And, and while he's built week one, week two, week two to week three, got a little bit better, showed up a little late last game. He was invisible this game. And I don't know if it was the one-on-one matchups that he just was unable to win, but you've got to be able to win that if that's if you're going to solidify that starting position. And you came into the season saying that you were going to. I was hoping that Logan Hall was going to have a lot more going on, but he's not having help, too much help in the center there. Vita Vea has been a complete disappointment. He was one of the most aggressive guys in that interior, and he's silent. He is silent. I think the biggest thing we learned tonight is how effective how effective and how helpful Akeem Hicks is in that interior line and him not being there is going to be problematic because now all of a sudden teams are running on the bucks. So individually, there was just a lot of shortcoming in within their performances um, that I, I, I don't even know where to pinpoint that they couldn't match up on either end. Secondary couldn't match up inside couldn't match up outside almost got there and then you're talking about your backup outside linebackers and Carl Nassib and Anthony Nelson being the two guys to really get anything done over Shaq Barrett and JTS that's where I was just like what is going on yeah and, and and I mean I at the end of the day it will be hard to know whether this was poor strategy or poor execution it was probably like looking realistically Maybe a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Todd Bowles says after the game, and I quote, oh gosh. we got our butts kicked in every facet on defense. Missed tackles, bad runs, missed assignments. And I don't know if I could put it any better than that. Mm-hmm. They had missed tackles, missed assignments, and they did 
get their buckets kicked on defense. Completely. I mean, this this Chiefs team put up double-digit points in every single quarter except the fourth quarter. Every single quarter except the fourth quarter. And with not much pushback, with not much pushback, they were just able to move the ball down the field and get into the end zone. And Mm -hmm. it's just something that we haven't seen from this defense. And Casey, what I'm hoping for is that this will be a spark for the defense. Absolutely. To to really step it up because you, this is the part of the game where you have to have both sides working together. This is why it is a team game because you can't just have the defense carrying the offense. The offense has to participate. And Mm -hmm. there were some games that we didn't see that. You can't just have the offense carrying the defense. The defense has to participate. And we have not seen both sides on at in the same game. We just haven't yet this season. And I think there were, again, Good, good adjustments by the offense late in this game. The defense needs to adjust, and there's still there's still work to be done for this team. Oh it's not the end of the world, but it is frustrating to see again because you know how talented this roster is. Yeah, I, I, I Patrick Mahomes said going into this game that they're the best defense in the league, mm-hmm. and. I, I don't know if he was 100% wrong in calling them that because they had acted like that up mm-hmm. until this point. And Patrick Mahomes made them look silly. I think it was just a humble wake-up call, honestly. Um, while, you know, week one and two, there was they were riding high on, on what they were ca- capable of doing. And, yes, Cowboys weren't going to be an easy rollover, and, and they made that look really good. And then you've got the saints, which the rivalry, I think kind of hypes up a lot of the stuff going on around there. And then they made that look good. Um, then you get, you know, this, this weird wayward test from the Packers. So I think it was maybe just a humble setup for this Bucks defense to say, Hey, if you're going to go all the way, your consistency has to be this, your strategy has to be this, your individual capability has to be this, your game planning and so on and so forth. So I agree with you in the sense to where that we should see a resurgence, the resurgence that we have been talking about for so long, but you know, it comes in waves and ebbs and flows. And we're hoping that that's going to be the case as they prepare to take on the Falcons, which is another in-division team, not rival, if you will, but in-division situation that they have to manage. And the Falcons are, are not going to go out without a fight. So they definitely have to have the world's biggest pep talk after this humbling performance. But while we have so much to be stressed out about and <laughs> it was just not too exciting to watch i know a lot of fans were tweeting I'm, I'm shutting it down um let's just quickly give some give some standout players a shout because yep. as we said guys the overall picture of this is the fact that they did lose by 10 points to a formidable chiefs offense and with this is a team we haven't seen find the end zone more than once in the last you know three weeks so Positives, positives. Stemming off of those positives, Kaylee, who on offense was a was a standout person or players that you can kind of pass on a little, little bit of gold to, if you will. Yeah, some doubloons. I'm going to throw it Mike Evans' way. I I I I think that he was the most dominant player on offense that we saw today. Uh, you know, maybe maybe like a, a flick of a coin over to Brady. He got he got 
hit tonight pretty hard. And the fact that he stayed in the game and his resiliency, he got hit really hard. Mm -hmm. And then on like two plays later, they blitzed him and he was like facing pretty intense pressure and made a perfect pass to Mike Evans. And that just shows how veteran and how, how stable, how good of a quarterback Tom Brady really is. And it was really good to see that aspect of Tom Brady tonight and then see him make that play connect with Mike Evans. It was good to see him get into the end zone multiple times. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mike Evans is, is for sure the standout player for me, but I have to give credit to, to Tom Brady as well. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. Tom was definitely going to be one of mine for the way that this offense got started. He wrapped up a game with 385 passing yards, three touchdowns, banged up shoulder. Uh, The fingers, whether he downplays it in press conferences or not, have still been taped up and probably irritating him. So he's a tough guy, something he doesn't have to be going through at 45, but he's choosing to. And all of this, he very much kept his demeanor and, and his, you know, Cool, calm, collected. You didn't see any outrages going on, on the sidelines for people that typically like to hyper focus on that. So I definitely want to give Brady, you know, a standout standout player award. It would be a completely different game if he was not in the pocket. And that's something that has to be acknowledged, whether we like how the game played out or not. Um, and then of course, I mean, come on, guys. I, I gotta get a, I gotta end the night on a little bit of a positive for me. Co Keith, get some gold, bud. Put your yes. hands in the treasure test. Fill up your bag and have a good night's rest tonight. Pivot into a new week and a new opponent for week five because he deserves it. I want to see more co-keep option. I've been saying this forever. We might get a little bit more. I think he established some confidence from his teammates, you know, all the way through the coaching staff to get that 19-year-old pass. You know, that was big. They thought that this kid was just going to come in and block and create waves for guys like Leonard Fournette and Keyshawn Vaughn and, and Rashad White, but turns out that he can do a little bit more than that. And I think that he can actually contribute in the red zone to this team. So yep. I just got to give it to Co-Keefe. I'm on the Keefe train. We all know this. Chief Keefe, you're my boy. He looked good doing it too, like the push off and the catch. And the- yeah, it was great. It was really, he really great. His body so well. I mean, he really I did. A lot of, a lot more here for him but then here's the tough part Kaylee how do we who do we pick as a standout player yeah I I don't know defense um that's a big Um, question mark um I I I'm Devin White I mean he yeah I guess um I don't know I I I would rather go back to the offense and give another little (laughs) shout out to Tristan Wirfs because I think that there was a lot of gapping tonight that he did. Um, and even, even in that, uh, that, uh, third touchdown by, uh, by white getting mm-hmm. in, like he really held some guys down to create some space. And he almost looked shook up for a second after one of those plays. That was, that was a, a breathtaker if you will, but yeah, but, but I think he really helped. So I just wanted to give him a little bit of credit there. Yeah. Defense, um, Crickets. Um, I don't know. You get like a hydration IV, but no doubloons because. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Sorry. (laughs) Our producer (laughs) said no. We love. Nope. I don't care if you got the only interception of the night or whatever the case may be. Because you know why he lost out on getting any treasure from, from, from Jolly Rogers and touchdowns? 
the way that the, the the timing of the game, the timing of his interception was a little too late, regardless of regardless. You don't go to the sideline and start chirping off and, and putting on a show for somebody who you're only in there because Carlton Davis is out with a stinger. So you're not even you're not even playing this whole game. So it's not even like we've seen all these massive tackles out, out of you and all of a sudden it 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 paid off. No, dude, you came in late. You finally got a read on a play, something that we were hoping that you would do two years ago, inconsistently a year ago, and now you do it too late, and then you go mouth off on the sidelines? Absolutely not. No SMB love. Oh, that's funny. That is so funny. Casey, tell us how you really feel. Casey, that leaves us with just one segment. It is time for someone or maybe a few people to walk the plank. And it's something that we haven't gotten into yet because you try to stay above the noise, Casey. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going down to the level. And as a side note, I, I, at this point, this person's going to walk the plank. It's a B you don't post a picture on, on online of you and someone's wife insinuating hours before kickoff when, whenever you're in like checkout line at Publix and there's like on, you know, the tabloids, like stuff about Brady and Giselle and, and whatnot. Like it's out of hand. A, the media coverage of their marriage and and, yeah. and what that is. So walk the plank there. But mm-hmm. then for AB to jump on that and try to get and insert himself into this narrative surrounding Tom Brady and that that he that he's not the same. Um, I, I mean, frankly, I don't know what's going through AB's mind. I'm not going to try to pretend to know what's going through his mind. All mm-hmm. I know is that's a line you don't cross. That's not okay. It's not cool at all. Like I, I'm married, and if someone did something, like it's not, it's not okay. It's yeah. not okay. Plain and simple. Um, I, I think Tom Brady having the game that he had, even after that happened, is is just credit to Tom and again the veteran that he is. But AB walked the plank, and that's not saying that I think that like. Like AB needs help. Like he, mm-hmm. I, I, I think he, he's clearly not super stable. He's not, yeah. he's not well, and he needs some help. And this is not how to get it. This is not how you make friends in this league. Uh, I, I just, I'm. It's confusing. It's dramatic. It's trying to get someone to bite at something or to feed these rumors that, that frankly are ridiculous in the first place. Like Tom Brady's out here just trying to go play football and there's all these rumors about him. It's just unnecessary. Uh, I think Tom Brady said it best. He's a human too. Yeah. He has stuff going on in his life. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that AB is going to try to, to use that to his advantage and get under someone's skin by using his wife and his family is not cool. It's, it's just, it's too low. That's a low blow. You shouldn't go there. And for that, he's walking the plank. Yeah. I mean, the reality of it is that AB already hit below the belt months ago, and now he just continues to try to add salt to the womb. And it's a mental mental warfare that he's attempting to play on Tom Brady, somebody who hurt his feelings. This is what it's come down to at the end of the day. Brady hurt his feelings. Arians hurt his feelings. And 
what what saddens me the most about this conversation is that it really just comes down to the fact that no matter how many people like or engage or give AB a platform to do these ridiculous stunts and notions, it's the team around him that's not helping him or protecting him at all. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I wish that that was something that AB can just sit with himself and figure out like these people that are gassing you up, these people that are riding on private planes with you, these people that are liking your posts, they're not supporting you. They're not helping you because helping him would be getting him off social media until he gets the help that he needs. Because I said this to James earlier, if this was a different player, if this was Mike Evans and there was a post of a picture with a guy with his wife before the game, this wouldn't be something where it's a turn the other cheek or handle it in your own personal time. Mike Evans, that would probably go to to a, to a violent place. It, it would turn into a whole different situation. This would get blown up in a whole different way. So he's also taking advantage of and abusing the fact that it's Tom Brady, somebody who tries to be a class act in the public eye. You can tell that he is exhausted from defending or not wanting to defend himself to people who it's none of their business of what he's been going through in the past year, call it what it is. So he's just really taking advantage of the fact that it's Brady over anything else. And he's trying to get the kick. He's trying to get the response out of somebody that people don't get a response out of. This is now a game. This is, this is, this is a hunt and it's just getting out of hand. And at some point something has to step in and, and kind of cool this situation down because if it was anybody else, it would turn into a really nasty situation. And this is the last thing that the Bucks need right now. This is the last thing that Brady needs right now. And if there's any media coverage that has gone about for the fact that Tom Brady is a human being, I stand firmly behind the fact that it's been you and I here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. So yeah, along with AB, I'm going to throw the Bucks defense out there, but that was just despicable to me. And I just want people to kind of be considerate of the fact that I know media, you want to, you're, you're, as media, it's your job to basically be the messenger of information, but not everything deserves attention. Not everything deserves a repost. Not everything deserves a conversation because you have to realize at the end of the day that if you make a conversation of it, if you repost disgusting things like that, you're giving it a voice, you're giving it a platform and you're enabling bad behavior. So he didn't need a thousand screenshots to be retweeted on Twitter. And a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that, but him being silenced is you not reposting stupid stuff. Yep. So anybody that got a kick out of that, y'all can walk the plank too. It's just enough is enough. It's It's too much. It's too much. We need to remember that we're all humans. Again, Mm -hmm. I think that in light of what we've seen in the world this week specifically, but in general, we are all humans and we're, Like we all bleed the same blood and there's just no reason. So on that note, uh, fans, we will have more episodes coming for you this week. You can catch Jolly Rogers and touchdowns every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. But we know that you want to get them on the Odyssey app. So be sure to download that from the app store. You can get it there and then turn on the auto download because you're going to want these episodes getting into your inbox first thing every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday when you're taking the kids to school, when you're drinking a cup of coffee, when you're on your way to work, whatever you're doing, when you're at the gym, whatever you're doing those mornings, you're going to want to get the latest and greatest information on the bucks and that is jolly rogers and touchdowns thank you guys so much for listening you can find us on twitter and instagram at jolly rogers tds 
I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can catch me at Kaylee Mizell on social media platforms. Casey Hudson was fabulous today. And joining me, as always, she it can be found at The Sports Case. That's K-A-S-E. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Huge shout out to our producer, James. We so appreciate you. You're the best. Thank you guys. And we'll see you next week.